Welcome to episode 22 of Degrassi Talks. This week, Degrassi delivered a new Claire, Jake, and Jenna love triangle, a long overdue Connor storyline, and a little bit of Fiona and Imogen. So we will, of course, be discussing all of that in the podcast. And as well, later in the podcast, we will also be talking about the eternal Degrassi question, which is, how long will this show actually last? Um, Today on the podcast, we've got everyone here, myself, Ashley, Bianca, and Chrissy. So hello again, everybody. Hi. Hi. How have you guys been this week? Good. Not too bad. Um, We kind of flew by, and um, we're ready for another podcast. Yeah, same. Nothing exciting happened, but I'm kind of glad nothing eventful happened. (laughs) I am sick again, but other than that, it was good. Aw, feel better, Chrissy. Thanks. Is it what is it what you had before? Yeah, another cold. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's too bad. Yeah, I feel like we're doing these podcasts like every day, right? (laughs) Just when we finish one, we're doing another. But it's awesome. So, (laughs) all right. So let's start by talking about the episode. Then Um, it was a kind of a controversial episode, I thought. Some people loved it, some people hated it. Um, What were your overall impressions of the episode, everyone? I definitely thought it was probably the best episode yet of the season. Um, You know, I'm always drawn towards storylines that um, Degrassi really hasn't tackled before. And this is the whole, you know, Claire living with weird, hippie cult people definitely something that they haven't touched upon so I, I mean I I really enjoyed it yeah I really liked it too I think the episodes just keep getting better and better for me as the second half of the season's going on so I mean I I wasn't a huge fan of the whole Fiona and Imogen kind of storyline but I loved Connor's and I loved Claire's storyline I think for me this has definitely been the best for 11b so far it's finally kind of hitting its stride because everything else was, you know, a little bit minor issues. And now we've got this big one where it looks like Claire's either going to be in a grow-up or a cult. So should be interesting. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell where she is right now. But, um, yeah, it'll be exciting to see. Um, I don't think that I liked the episode as much as you three did. Um, it, it was wasn't my favorite episode so far this season um but it's definitely uh interesting to hear everybody's reactions to this storyline um so what did you guys think about claire in this episode like did you feel sorry for her or did you think that she was being selfish or what i didn't really feel sorry for her um i mean it's an unfortunate circumstance that she had to be so selfish to not live with anybody um I think there are much rougher problems in life, and if her resort is to run away from all of her problems, then she's going to have much bigger problems when she's an adult. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Did anybody else feel sorry for her? I did. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what about the part where Helen was like, or she's, or Glenn's my husband, and she's like, but I'm your daughter, and her mom's like, well, basically... I should know what to say, but I don't. Like, her mom has totally changed completely and is not a good mom right now. I feel bad for her, and her dad is not good either. Yeah, I didn't like the... From a kid's perspective. For sure. I didn't like the, um, Glenn's my husband excuse, but at the same time, 
in that situation, like, I don't really know what Claire was expecting her mom to do. Like, you know, Jenna is like a, a guest at a dinner table. It's not like she's going to suddenly get all judgmental of Jenna or something like that. Like, I don't know. I, I obviously don't agree with Claire's mom. And I think that just like siding with Glenn because he's her husband is not the way to go. But at the same time, um, I see no reason why she couldn't have just been nice to Jenna in that situation too. So it's kind of... Now, if we're do- just talking about Jenna, I did feel bad. And I never feel Me, bad yeah. for Jenna. But in that moment, I kind of did. I'll admit that. Oh, I can't even admit that. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I, I have to say it went differently than I expected. I really thought when she talked to Jenna, it was going to be more about, like, Casey than Jake than it was about Jenna being pregnant. So, yeah, I felt a little bad for Jenna. Yeah, especially with the comment that she made at the end, which was hilarious, but, you know, got to feel a little bit bad for her. Jenna is fertile, everyone. Right. (laughs) Yeah, just make sure you suck up on condoms, Jake. Can I just say, can I just say that that dinner and Claire's responses to everything was probably the funniest thing in, like, out of all season 11, I thought. She's very fertile. Wait, what else did she say? Did she say? Because they are judging you. Um, Uh yeah, because yeah, yeah. I don't want people to judge me because they are judging you. I just thought that was really like um, quick and 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 witty and he, it, yeah, it was mean. I mean, I don't think uh, I think I thought I actually thought it was kind of out of character because I don't think Claire would ever be that mean. But I mean, think about it if that had ever happened to you, you know, and um, you know, this girl Jenna and you know your mom's kind of like being nice to her and you know that she doesn't like that. You know, I guess anybody else would be kind of, you know, mean towards her, too. I don't know. It also doesn't help because I'm totally biased against Jenna. <laughs> I guess I'm just thinking of what, how <laughs> I would approach the situation. What I noticed a lot is a lot of people were saying how Claire is being so mean and her and Jenna used to be friends, but Jenna was really never Claire's friend. I mean, she only no. talked to Claire because of Casey, and I think people forget why there's so much animosity between those two. It's true, but, I mean, I feel like we discuss the whole Jenna, Casey, Claire thing a lot. But to me, like, you know, Claire should still be way more angry at Casey than she should be at Jenna. I mean, like you said, Jenna and her were never really friends. Um, Jenna, like, Casey didn't actually cheat on her with Jenna, um, they broke up first and Casey broke up with Claire for reasons that were more than just Jenna you know and I don't know I just I don't see it as being Jenna's fault and if Claire is gonna hate Jenna for the rest of her life then she should have even more hatred for Casey because Casey was way more at fault in that situation and he was her boyfriend and um you know I like I felt sorry for Claire at the same time moments in the episode where for example she called Jenna a serial boyfriend stealer I just thought was like completely inappropriate and you know we've never seen Claire freak out out in KC like that so it just seems like a double standard to me well I mean just kind of think about girls though and how girls interact even if Jenna did didn't do anything like like girls would still hate each other you know what I mean as opposed to Claire focusing on on anger for Casey um or you know so I think 
I think that's kind of normal. Oh, know? for sure. Like, I, right? I agree that it's it's normal, and I don't think that it's unrealistic or anything. I just think that it's unfair. And you even see that, like, with the fans as well. Like, the fans react to Jenna in the very same way that Claire does. And to me, it that just it kind of bothers me personally. Um. I think if we go back to the, the past of that, I never... I thought it was, like, Casey and Claire was kind of an even split, so I don't think they really had a right to be mad at each other. I think I don't like Jenna because she purposely went for Casey. I think that's why I hold Jenna responsible, not Casey, because you're right, he didn't cheat on her, they broke up already, but Jenna knowingly tried to get Casey. True. I agree with you. <laughs> I, I don't know, though. Like, I... I don't I don't think that she really did. I mean, yeah, she was like she was flirting with Casey, but you know, especially in Heart Like Mine part 2, she was just like a really good friend to him. And you know, Casey was the one who decided to break up with Claire. Jenna didn't force him to do anything. And to call Jenna a boyfriend stealer, well, you can't steal a person. Like Casey made that decision on his own. And No, I don't think she's a boyfriend stealer. I just think she uh, <laughs> she's not always a good person. I guess is the nice way to say it. Yeah, I'm just. I think Casey's the worst person. <laughs> so, and I still love Casey. So, what do you guys think about her throwing her phone in the fish tank? Aside from, are the fish okay? <laughs> I the first thought was that poor iPhone, because iPhones aren't cheap. <laughs> That was my first reaction to it. Yeah, I don't think I would have been as, well, not upset, but shocked if it was, like, a cheap phone. But everybody at Degrassi seems to have an iPhone, so. <laughs> Except for Claire, she had that old flip phone, and she yeah, finally gets a good phone. as and soon as she away. gets to throw it in the fish tank. I, I thought it was so stupid. Like, I feel like, would Claire really just think of the cell phone as being such a horrible thing after they just tell her after five minutes, like, it seemed like, I don't know, I don't think Claire would make such a irrational decision in such a short time, but I don't know, I guess it kind of went with the whole, you know, cult theme going on. Yeah, I thought it was weird, like, at first, I didn't understand who the girl was, like, I thought that she was, like, someone we were supposed to have already known or something, I'm like, <laughs> wait, am I, like, forgetting who this person is or something, because, you know, like, Claire had one really bad dinner and really awkward situation but then to go from that to like running away to somebody that she met once at a bookstore and it just it seems like it's hard I don't know I thought it was funny but um I also I agree with Ashley I just thought it was weird a little bit out of character I feel like yeah I feel like it would have been out of character normally but for her like nosedive it kind of seems like it'd be spot on since she is very reckless right now. Yeah, it's true, I guess. But, I don't know. She's, like, she's blaming her mom for Jenna and Jake, and really all her mom is trying to do is be nice, and and I understand why she's frustrated with Jenna and Jake spending time together, but at the same time, I just... 
to go from that to running away. And I don't really understand, like, I mean, I guess they'll probably be more laid out in the next episode, but, like, is this a cult, or are they hippies, or I don't, like, really get what Degrassi is, like, doing with these characters, I guess. And... Well, did you did you watch the promo? I haven't. Well, I haven't seen the Tunic promo because it's not online yet. It's the the, much the one on Much, I think. It looks like there's a spot in the background where you can see what a room that looks like they're growing yeah. pot. So I think that's what it is. Using them as sellers. Could be. And see, so then I was hoping that we'd finally find out who's couchweed. <laughs> that would be a good thing. And that it was. Yeah, that Summer was Glenn or Jake's dealer, because that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, because I guess Jake, based on the promos, finds out where Claire is. So, who knows what's going to happen with that. It was Jake's couch weed. I'm going to call it right now. <laughs> Probably, I mean, <laughs> nothing else would make sense. Um What did you guys think of the Claire and Allie scene in this episode at the beginning? I actually missed the first five minutes. I'll admit that right now. So I, I have no, <laughs> I have no opinions on it. So you're like Claire and Allie <laughs> yeah, talk. Yeah, what they did have one scene um, because uh, Claire originally thinks that Jake's new girl is Allie, so she gets all mad at Allie oh. and um, and then. Allie has this line where she says, whatever Jake does is none of your business anyway. Um, but then it's like, that's when she finds out that it was actually Jenna and she gets even more angry, right? Um, I, I have to say, uh, Jessica Tyler's awkward look was perfect. <laughs> like that, look away, run away. Yeah, it was pretty awkward. Mm-hmm. I thought it was weird how Mr. Perino was kind of nice to Claire, because, I mean, he's always been seen as such, like, a hard-ass, so it was weird for me for him to kind of take some, um, oh god, I'm totally lost for words. I'm just surprised he's not an asshole, because usually he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I true, though. Mr. Farina's the mean one. <laughs> yeah, he's known as, like, the mean teacher. Why was he so nice to Claire? Like... I think it was like a panic mode, you know, where like the PE teacher girl tells him that she's on her period and he like panics. Yeah. Like, okay, you can sit out. I think that's kind of what that was. Yes, perhaps. Um. It was nice to see some of the, the old teachers like Mr. Perino and Coach Armstrong. It's nice to know that they're still like around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of like the glue that keeps the right? show together because they're the only ones that are on for like the run of the show, yep. right? So that's yeah, always great. Like, the beginning. But, um... I always get excited when Armstrong <laughs> is on screen. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so I thought that... I don't know. My problem with Claire in this episode and in storylines in general is that she really um, like she lets what other people are doing kind of influence her too much I guess and um, you know when I asked about the Claire and Allie scene what I was kind of trying to get at was um, you know Allie has this line where she says whatever Jake does is none of your business and I pretty much agreed with that line as kind of like my core argument against 
Claire in this episode, which is that, like, Jake can invite over for dinner whoever he wants. He's not really doing anything wrong. I mean, yeah, he might, you know, be more considerate about it, but he didn't really want to invite Jenna in the first place. His dad was just kind of like, oh, bring Jenna, you know. Um, so I think that Claire is just letting that get to her too much and you know whatever Jake does is none of her business whatever Casey does is none of her business whether Jenna had a baby or not is none of her business like you know she I think she should just kind of like let it all be and um you know stop blaming other people all the time I don't think this episode was so much about like Jake and Claire I think that was kind of like a side effect that we were seeing or what kind of pushed her over the edge, but I really feel what caused her to leave was more so Glenn and Helen and then her dad. I think they used Jake as a catalyst, but really those were the main issues that we're finally seeing kind of bubbling over. Yeah, I agree with you, Chrissy. I think the whole parents thing kind of just set her over the edge and she just needed to get out. Yeah, I guess, but, like... You know, we didn't really see much of her mom except for the dinner scene, and all her mom did was, like, not be mean to Jenna. <laughs> I think Jenna and Jake were just kind of in the crosshairs. Yeah. I think she was going to implode no matter yeah, what. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think, I think that whole situation was, was going to, you know, set her over the edge eventually. And I think just this situation... I mean, even though it's ridiculous, I think, I mean... I mean, yeah, her mom and her dad are kind of are not exactly being nice, but it's not like it's not for valid reasons. Um, but, yeah. It was going to come eventually. Her dad is an ass. I mean, yeah, kind of. I think her dad's totally an ass. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you should always have time for your daughter, and, like, if your daughter's saying that she wants to live with you, you should be able to open up your your doors to her. But, I mean... I, I mean, I would. I guess I kind of see his situation too. Like, he's in like what a one bedroom probably, and he has another girlfriend and who has kids that come over every weekend. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I could. I can sympathize with him, kind of. Yeah, and Claire, like, she just wanted to move in immediately, where there wasn't really like much time to repair and be like, okay, well, let's figure something out. Or anything like that. It was just kind of like, okay, I'm coming over. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, but in normal situation, because she didn't know that the dad was living with the girlfriend, it would make sense that she should be able to just hop right over. Yeah, for sure. But, I don't know. I guess they, you know, he also would need some time to prepare. I don't know what I'm saying right now, but, you know, just, like, moving isn't something that you can do in, like, a day, right? Seems like it requires a lot of thought. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so maybe we should move on and start talking about the uh, Connor storyline then. And, um, what did you guys think of, like, the the Casey and Connor scenes, which was my favorite part, personally? <laughs> um, yeah, I would agree with definitely. that. Definitely, they're so cute. Um, love seeing AJ on my screen just because I love Connor um, they really need more Connor storylines by the way and like serious ones too not like ridiculous trying to fit in social ones I mean even though that's his main issue 
Connor had so many hilarious lines yeah. in this episode. Like at the very beginning, when um, oh, who was it? Was it Casey who was like, "Where did you come from?" And he's like, "Algebra class." <laughs> <laughs> Just like stuff like that that I love. And yeah, see, having a Connor storyline was great and long overdue, I think. And um, personally, I love the Connor and Casey friendship way more than I like the Drew and Casey friendships. Um, Agreed. Mostly because I adore Casey and I don't care at all for Drew. <laughs> so, um, and I don't want Casey to be like Drew version two, aka random popular football playing dude. So I, I like his interactions when he's with Connor more. Um, so I was really happy to see that. And I mean, obviously they used to be best friends back in season eight. So yeah, I, I mean, I felt a little bit bad for Connor in some scenes because Casey. I mean, he didn't exactly stand up for him all completely, so, I mean, I definitely felt bad for him, like, you know, when they were all going to go get wings and Connor wasn't invited and, you know, Casey really didn't do anything about it, he kind of just left and said, well, you know, be happy you're on the team, I just, I don't know, I wish Casey was a little bit more understanding and helpful to Connor. <laughs> yeah, I think that Casey's kind of always been like that with Connor, like... You know, they're friends, but he doesn't like to announce that to the world, I guess. Um, which is, you know, kind of unfortunate. But I think that's just a part of Casey's character. I think that what I really enjoyed about Connor and Casey was... Not only was it Connor and Casey, but you had Owen and Drew. And even though I don't like Mo, you had five of the key characters and that was kind of cool how they were integrated together without it being too much and I thought Drew and Owen were pretty funny in it to be honest I like their friendship because it's just really goofy but Casey and Connor was a nice throwback because it's like okay Casey, the Casey we like is still in there and he did kind of try to stand up for Connor but Connor told him to stop yeah that's true um what did you guys think about, like, Mo in the episode and how mean he was to oh. Connor? I hate Mo. Mo's a <laughs> I mean, on seriously? <laughs> honestly, like, Mo was actually the most disappointing thing in the episode because, like, when they introduced that character and we got a character description, I was going to be like, oh, my God, this kid's going to be my new favorite character. You know, they're going to they're gonna make him, you know, tackle, like, all these storylines. And then, like, the second, what, storyline he gets, he a complete douchebag to Connor. That was so disappointing to me. I was so upset. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like Mo. Well, he wasn't very nice in this episode at all, but I, I kind of think that Mo is just as in insecure as Connor is, if not more insecure than Connor, actually. And I think that he's just picking on Connor because um, it's a way for him to feel like he's accepted and um, he's not like the biggest loser, for lack of a better word, <laughs> on the football team. So, I, I kind of feel sorry for Mo in some ways. But it'll be interesting to see where they take his character and where would they go with that, but I don't think that he's just evil for no reason. I think that he's just being insecure about himself and taking it out on Connor. I think he's just trying to find his place in the popularity food chain, and he sees Connor as below him. Yeah, Connor's an easy target for him. And then when they were kind of picking on Mo about his weight, he just kind of transitioned onto Connor. Yeah, exactly. That was the thing, right? Like, I mean, 
Mo has things that he's insecure about, like his weight, like the fact that he's always like talking about girls and yet like never has a girlfriend and all things like that. That um, I mean, he's it's not like he's Drew, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that he just kind of is picking on Connor to fit in more. I think that Mo and Marisol can ride off into the sunset mm-hmm. together. No, no, they can do more with Mo though. <laughs> yeah, Mo has potential. Marisol just doesn't. Yeah, like the, with Marisol, they're not doing anything with her. Like they just they're using her as just like the mean girl character and not really explaining why. Mo, you still saw glimpses as to why he was being so mean in this episode, I thought. Maybe I'm just biased, because I didn't like him last season either. Her last part of the season. Yeah. And I'm probably biased because I just really want a character like Mo on Degrassi. Um, we need more... I don't want to say overweight Diverse. characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, we need more overweight <laughs> characters, and... Also, having it be a male character just makes it even better. I'm still holding out hope that the Mo from that character description we got like a year ago will still come to be one day. So, no, I'm with you on that one. Definitely, I would like to see him be someone I want to cheer for, but right now he's not. Yeah, that's true. Mo has to prove himself to me. Okay. Okay, fair. Enough. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> me, me too. Now, like, I feel like, like you have like these expectations of the characters like with the descriptions and stuff like that and then their first episode comes out and you're like ew like I don't like this guy anymore and then it's almost like the character has to like go through tryouts for me and for me to have him or her be back on my good books and I I mean it's hard I mean look at Jenna Jenna from day one did not start off good and then as the episodes went on like her I, I thought her character just got worse and worse and worse, and I still don't like her. So, it, I mean, I think that's definitely a big challenge for the writers, like, to get to get characters that you think are going to have some, you know, longevity in this in the show to actually have some fans and to actually have a backing. Because if you don't, I mean, the character is done. I mean, look at, you know, all the past characters that they tried to push and that just didn't happen. So... They, they need some work to do on Mo like and that. some of the new Niners, too, too for me. Mm-hmm. But I guess the thing with Mo's, though, is that he's not going to be there as long as, let's say, the grade nines. So as far as, like, character development, I don't think he, like, he probably won't develop that much because he's not going to be at Degrassi for that long. Well, and he's secondary. Yeah. He's not a... He might be billed as main, but he's a secondary main. He is not a lead. Yeah, it's difficult for the new characters because oftentimes when Degrassi introduces a new character, that character is just part of one of the main characters' storylines. So they are just a supporting role, and they're just there to create drama. I mean, that's definitely how Jenna was introduced in Season 9. She was introduced to create drama for Casey and Claire. And um, same with even characters like Imogen and... Um, oh, you got Owen. Yeah, and Owen. People like that is that, um, you know, it's it's difficult when, you know, these characters are not really getting main storylines. They're just getting storylines involved with the main characters. So you never really get to know the character at all. And um, I think that they're doing okay with the Grey Nines, though, because the Grey Nines are getting their own storylines, um, slowly but surely. 
but yeah, for, for a lot of the newbies, it takes a while for them to break out of that supporting role. All right, so moving on to the Fiona storyline. Um, what do you guys think about Fiona and Imogen so far? Eh. <laughs> not, not a huge fan of that. Don't like it at all. <laughs> Well, why not? I, I can't. I can't even explain why. I don't know. I just. I think they're. Just like they don't have chemistry or something. I don't think there's any chemistry. I think they're very different people. Um. I, I just don't think it's very realistic. I mean, and and like, what what is Fiona trying to do? She's trying to get her with Eli so that she doesn't think that she ha- that Fiona has a crush on her. I don't know. I was just very weirded out by the situation yeah and I think like their friendship too it's kind of based on like getting back on Katie and Marisol while it was in the first place and I just think with the whole like Fiona trying to be a matchmaker and stuff I feel like if Eli and Imogen are really meant to be together they would probably end up together knowing their personalities so, I don't know. I think it's just going to end bad for Fiona. Probably. I like them. Too. I like Fiona and Imogen's interactions. I think it's cute. Maybe just because I think that with Fiona, Fiona is an outcast, whether she wants to label herself that or not. She totally is. And I think there's more for her to identify with Imogen than is on the surface. And I thought it was kind of cute and sweet. But then the Eli thing was kind of random. Yeah, I think their friendship is based on the fact that they're both outsiders. And Fiona, even though she's, you know, has a lot of money and has a lot of nice clothes, what I've always loved about her as a character is that oftentimes when you get characters on television, especially on teen shows that are really into fashion and have a lot of money, that character is always like the stuck-up bitch popular girl character. Um, Whereas Fiona is definitely not that. She's still kind of like socially awkward and doesn't really fit in well with the other girls and um, Imogen is majorly socially awkward so um, I get why they're friends and I do like their relationship. I also agree with the people who say that the only reason Fiona's being paired with Imogen is because Imogen's the only girl on Degrassi right now who you can maybe see her being paired with and introducing like a brand new love interest for Fiona, which is what they tried to do in the first half of season 11, didn't really work out too well. So I get why they're trying to do the storyline because of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll have to see, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm liking them so far. I'm, they're not like my favorite couple on the show or anything, but they're all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that... Um... I think I, don't, I forget who said it, or I think actually maybe it was Fiona who said it herself. Can't there be an actual lesbian for Fiona, like in the school that she can actually like? And um, I think that you know the writers are just kind of rolling on the fact that okay, we have a lesbian character. Let's try to hook her, like try to you know pair her with somebody, even though it's not really going to happen. Like, can't they just? bring in an actual lesbian who likes Fiona back and we feel like she's had so much rejection 
I think I want Imogen to happen because I want them to actually have a bisexual character that's actually bisexual because they haven't really had that. Like Paige, I think it was just Alex. Like I don't think it was that she was really a lesbian. I think it was more of like a pansexual thing where she was attracted to Alex but probably not any other girls. Yeah, Paige never actually identified as a bisexual even after Alex at all. So... I mean, I think that they could do that with Imogen, like, you know, why not? <laughs> I mean, nobody thought that Fiona was a lesbian at all until Chasing Pavements, you know? That was something that, like, I don't think that very many fans ever even suspected, and it, yet it made perfect sense, too, so, I mean... I actually thought she was asexual. Oh, yeah? <laughs> because the way she was with Riley, like, whatever... We can just pretend. Right. Yeah, that would have made sense, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see how Imogen could kind of be one of these people who is just like, oh, I don't care, I'll just date anybody. Kind of like free spirit type, I guess. Um, which would make sense for her character, I think. It's just going to depend on how they do the storyline and where they take it. I do agree, though, if it was the plan for Imogen earlier then it would have been nice to have, like, some glimpse of the fact that she was interested in girls, not just Eli. Yeah, she was pretty obsessed with Eli. I personally, I really loved the scene um, with Fiona and her mom in the episode. That was probably my favorite part of the episode, along with the Casey and Connor scenes, um, because I just thought it was so refreshing to see Fiona talks to her mom about girls and it, like, be no big deal. Like, they didn't seem to, like, make anything of that at all. It was just, like, normal. It was just, like, another scene with Fiona and her mom. So, um, I thought that was also one of the highlights of the storyline. And I did enjoy this Fiona plot. Um, not like it was the greatest Fiona storyline ever. I mean, there were only, like, three scenes. But for what it was, I enjoyed it. I think Mama Coin is my favorite parent. Yeah, for sure. She could be. She is pretty awesome, I think. <laughs> I think I like Bullfrog. <laughs> yeah. My favorite parent. <laughs> so, should we have favorite mom, favorite dad? Although he's like the only dad. <laughs> right. Randall doesn't count. <laughs> well, there's Glenn, too. Um, Casey's dad. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Never met him. Glenn and Jake is fun. Yeah, actually, no. My favorite mom is Casey. Yeah, mom. I would say okay. Randall Very may funny. not be as bad as Casey's. Yeah, probably. I think <laughs> you just love Casey. Yeah. <laughs> Even when you hate him, you love him. It's okay. We all do. Alright, so before we end this podcast, I thought it might be interesting to discuss Degrassi's future for a few minutes. Um, you know, filming for season 12 is set to begin this week, and the number of shows that actually make it to 12 seasons is few and far between, let alone have a 30-plus year legacy like Degrassi. So there was a lot of discussion on Twitter this week about Degrassi's ratings and if the show might come to an end sometime soon, and I feel like Degrassi fans have been talking about this forever, but... Um, Steven Stone reported, responded on Twitter saying that they plan on producing the show for, quote, 11 billion years. Um, 
But who knows, really? Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, how much longer do you think that Degrassi will last? I mean, it's been 12 years for the next generation. How much longer do you think they can go? Oh, it's so hard. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe when the grade nines who are here right now graduate, because the younger viewers right now are probably more invested into the grade nines than they are the older ones. And I mean, do I really, I mean, I don't know if I really want to see Degrassi on, like, continuing with all of these characters for such a long time. Because sometimes you just want to end the show at a good point. Because I know around, when was it? I can't remember, like, season 8 or 9 or whatever, I kind of wanted the show to end because there wasn't a lot of characters that I didn't, that I liked. So I thought it'd be good to end it at that point, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I think with their um, new I format... Kinda... Oh, sorry, Bianca. No, no, it's okay. You go. Okay. I was going to say, with their new format, I feel like they kind of have an endless opportunity with the turning and burning of characters, because it, now it's kind of run like an actual soap opera, where you add more characters... The only difference is you're not following them beyond high school anymore. So with that, you don't have the conflict of interest like they did where half the characters were in college and half were at the school, which made it kind of hard to follow. I think since they changed that, they kind of revitalized and it's a system that works for them. So I think it, the potential is definitely long-term because new fans keep coming in. But you're right, old fans will eventually drop out. I guess it just depends on how popular it stays. Yeah, I think that they're probably going to keep producing it as long as it's still doing well. And obviously there have been points in Degrassi's history where the show wasn't really doing well, but it still was able to kind of keep going. Like, season 8, 9, obviously, is when everybody sees as kind of like... A, it was the show was struggling because they had all of these new characters and new young actors who were not experienced and who couldn't perhaps deliver in the way that the more experienced actors could. But, I don't know. I think that, for me, I think the show could go on as long as they wanted to produce it, and it would still be good, because just the reason that I watch Degrassi isn't really, like, a particular character. It's more just, like, the overall message of the show, which I think, still to this day, has remained the same. Um, I think that, yeah, Degrassi will lose old fans over time, but Degrassi has already lost a lot of old fans. Um, even in season one of The Next Generation, you know, you had people who were fans of Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High watching, and they're probably, you know, they maybe stopped watching by, like, season three, season four, and now, I mean, obviously, we're all still watching, and we grew up with the old characters, but there are a lot of people who grew up with the old characters and don't have any interest in Eli or Claire, um... I think that the show is good enough that they can keep attracting new generations of audiences to love it. Um, at the same time, for me, I think the the kind of end point would be whenever Linda Schuyler and Stephen Stone decide to retire, really. Um, I mean, the show could go on without them, but to me it just wouldn't be right. And I know that they're, it's not like they're the ones deciding the storylines or anything, but 
I kind of see like Linda Schuyler as being like the heart of Degrassi and without her I'm not sure if I would kind of watch it the same way I'd probably be more critical of it <laughs> to be honest I think season 8 and 9 are actually pretty underrated and I'll admit I was one of those people because I was like where's my favorite characters so I had a little bit less interest in it but you know now when I go back and rewatch it I realize how good of a season they both were I just think that transition because you had no warning that suddenly half the characters weren't going to be on screen anymore or you were expecting them to show up and they just weren't and were only coming at the end so I think that's where a lot of the older fans dropped out but the show was still good it just was hard to see it at the time when you're looking for other people yeah the problem was because I think that at that point they didn't really know what they were doing like there was so much talk of doing like a college spin-off and having a whole brand new show or just keeping the college characters around and having it split so like it was in season six where you have like half college storylines half Stragrassi storylines um and none of that was really working um personally I was always even in season eight I realized I was probably the only one but I was always like a strong proponent for having new characters primarily because I disliked the college storyline so much and I felt like they were kind of like ruining my favorite characters by like you know doing things like Degrassi Goes Hollywood and having Emma and Spinner get married and like crazy stuff that um you know I didn't like at all but so I think that you know introducing new characters is is kind of the key to Degrassi's success and, um, you know, they did it when they transferred to the next generation. They did it after the graduations of season five and seven. And I think that there's no reason why they can't keep doing it. And, um, you know, it's weird because so many teen dramas out there don't do that. So many teen dramas follow their characters to college and just kind of keep going until the show dies and until the sh characters are just become so ridiculous that it's difficult to watch anymore. Um, the exception is kind of Degrassi, which has always been about a high school as opposed to about a certain character, and um, Skins, which is the same way too, you know, they switch characters every two years. So, um, you know, that has served both of those shows well, and I think that, you know, Degrassi can keep doing that, then they can keep maintaining the level of success as long as it's still well written, then they'll be fine. I agree, especially with 8 and 9, I was really interested in the Niners. Like, those were what kept me watching. Yeah, for sure. It was exciting to have new kids, I thought, and especially, like, with Aislinn and Sam and AJ. Melinda, they were all so young and cute, and, like, I remember, like, meeting them for the first time, and they were so surprised that I, like, knew them by name and stuff like that. They were just, like, so adorable, and, um, you know, it's great to see them have all the success that they've been having with the show. I do think they could have actually done a college spinoff if they had separated it. I feel that their writing style could have actually been successful if they would have pursued it. Yeah, I remember, um, I think it was Stephen Stone saying that the reason that they didn't do a college spinoff was because they realized that the consequences in college are not the same as in high school. So in high school, like if something, if you do something wrong or something bad happens it's way more dramatic than in college 
um, where you know not everything is necessarily the end of the world, and I think that's why they decided against doing it. It's kind of interesting because there aren't very many college shows out there, really. Like there are a million teen dramas, but shows that are just about like kids in college, you don't see that as much. Um, not saying that it's not possible that it could have been good, but I think it would have been more difficult. All right, so. Um, should we just talk about next week's episode briefly then? Is that okay with you guys? Okay. Yeah, um, sure. So next week's episode, obviously continuing these uh, storylines. Anything that you guys are particularly looking forward to about this Friday's episode? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on with these crazy people. Yeah, me too. I don't understand <laughs> them at all right now, so <laughs> I'm hoping that they clarify some yeah. things. I think I'm looking forward to Connor and Mo. I Obviously, Claire, you want to know what's actually going on, but I want to see how far Connor takes this. I think I kind of want to see... Um, I mean, I I think, Chrissy, you, you've said it before that in the teenage promo, Claire kind of like has a shock face, like what are you guys doing? And I think you had said it, you know, spoiler alert, that it might have been um, a pot room. But if, if that's the case, I, I'm kind of curious as to what she's all freaking out about. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. The uh, Teen Nick promo, I haven't actually seen it, but <laughs> I have heard from the craziness on Twitter that it was pretty dramatic. So I think it's going to be great to see what happens next. So... I guess that um, that's the podcast for this week. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our discussions about all the storylines and Degrassi's future. Um, if you have comments about anything that you heard on the podcast this week, you can send us an email, DegrassiTalks at gmail.com, or you can tweet any one of us because we're all on Twitter. So thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you, Bianca, Chrissy, and Ashley, for being on the podcast this week, and we'll see everybody next week. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.